Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And if you're a first timer, we welcome you to the party. We're brought to you by my bookie. I'll tell you a little bit about how you can save some cash by using my bookie in a few minutes. Robert, alongside co-host Stephen Kerr and Texans Saints postgame show for this one. Stephen, it was a heartbreaker, but you couldn't ask for more. You got Will Fuller's unreal catch, Nuke Hopkins pile driving a guy, Deshaun Watson throwing his body around and just showing some pure guts. The incredible TD from Deshaun to Kenny Stills with 37 seconds left, the 58-yard game-winning field goal with no time. I mean, this this had everything. Boy, it sure did, Robert. And, and I guess for those who were wondering, why did the Texans trade for another wide receiver? Well, we just found that out tonight with one of hopefully many plays that uh, Kenny Stills will make. And I don't normally say this, Robert, but I actually think it's better. I, I would rather have seen the Texans lose in this fashion than to get totally blown out because I, I think that's what a lot of people, a lot of the national media expected. I don't think they expected this to be a close game at all. And it drew Brees, it, as embarrassing as the Texans' defense was in the second half, the team still had a chance to win. And usually heartbreakers like this just leave me reeling for days on end. But tonight, I, I just I, I can't get too upset about it. Obviously, you wanted the Texans to win the game, and they could have. But I, I just think that at least it only it, it took Drew Brees warming up in the second half to totally do his surgery than for the whole game. I know what the conversation is going to be. I mean, it, it's Romeo Cornell playing off the wide receivers with six seconds left. You know what they've got to do. Everybody in the building knows what they have to do. They've got one timeout. They got six seconds left. They got to get it in field goal range. You got to catch it and get down. Why are the receivers way off? Uh, or the, why, the, why are the DBs way off the receivers for the Texans? You just don't get it. And as much as this is always about Bill O'Brien and all this stupid stuff that, that we think that he does as a coach, as far as play calling or challenges, we'll get to that in a bit. But this is about Romeo. I mean, this is a guy that uh, got a lot of praise the first few years as a Texans defensive coordinator. And he wasn't, around, wasn't there. He, his guys weren't prepared. They weren't ready. Uh, most of the guys on the field, that they were here last year that they should know what to do and they didn't do it. I, I don't know what the thought process is there, but you, you know, what's got to happen and the, the safety has got to be up a little bit closer. Look, if, if Drew Brees wants to take that chance and try to go over the top there, let him Steven, but you don't let him just get that quick, easy thing. You got to play for that short one. Well, and I think on that final play, they only rushed two defenders and let them basically get to the 40. Yeah, it's a 57-yard field goal, but at the end of the game, strange things like that happen. 57-yard uh, field goals, 57-yard field goals can be made, and it was proven tonight. So that that was really the biggest head shaker for me, Robert. I thought in the first half, the Texans' defense bent, but didn't quite break, but you knew that that wasn't going to hold up in the second half. And sure enough, Drew Brees just came out and made them look silly practically the entire half. And yeah, I have to agree with you. A lot of that has to be on Romeo. I'm not going to be too mad at the Texans' defense as far as big picture in this game. It's just that one particular play because big picture, it's Drew Brees. It's it's the Superdome. He's a Hall of Famer. He's incredible in that building. We've seen it his entire career. There was no reason to expect any different from the Texans. I guess if there was anything that I, I, I was a little bit frustrated with, Stephen, 
on the defensive side in the big picture is that especially early in the game, but, but it seemed like throughout the game, Michael Thomas is the guy you got to stop. And he just kept getting open and open and open again. Well, did you raise your eyebrows when in the first quarter they had Tayshawn Gibson matching up with Michael Thomas? I, I was definitely surprised at that. Um, so, there were, yeah, there were some definite head shakers in, in that. But, I, I, no, I'm, I'm not surprised because Romeo has a history of, you know, putting guys in zone. It's whoever they're lined up against. He's not one of these guys that puts a specific guy on a certain receiver. I, I've just never seen it through him over the course of his entire defensive history with the Texans. I'm, I'm not surprised at all by that, actually. And also, uh, Camaro was open quite a bit in the first half. Breeze didn't go to him, but he certainly did in the second half. He is so quick. It just, it, it, it's amazing. But the, the Texans just had no answer for him in the second half either. All right, I, I want to get to Deshaun because... You know, the Romeo thing, let's let's put that aside for a second. Let, let's just talk about the game in general. And Stephen Deshaun Watson, it, it, it's one of his finest performances as a Texan. It's It's got to be in the top three. That Seattle game, I think back to his rookie year, uh, he's going up and down the field 400 yards, I think, in the air. And it might have been 100 yards on the ground as well. But this game was probably more impressive to me, Stephen, because the hits that he was taking – uh, being able to deal with the obvious back injury when he dove into the end zone. And what, on one moment, you're going, God, Deshaun, don't, don't throw your body around like that. But I get it. You're two yards away from a touchdown. It's right there. You're trying to win. It's Monday night football. You're trying to set a tone. And he has the capability to do that. But forget about everything else. I mean, Deshaun Watson, the way he was able to handle the pressure, uh, the the plays that he made, the one interception was basically an underthrow. I kind of wonder, Stephen, if the underthrow to Will Fuller just was about the fact that maybe he couldn't get his back into it after his back got banged up on that throw. And other than that, I mean, he played a near perfect game as far as I was concerned. He he made all the right plays, and that that hit that he stood in for uh, against uh, the Saints on the the last touchdown to Kenny Stills was just. Uh, that was extraordinary. I mean, that that's, you know, that that's all pro, you know, a Hall of Fame type stuff. Well, it's next to impossible to tell a competitor like Deshaun Watson, oh, don't throw your body around like that because he's going to do it. He wants to score. He's going to do that. And clearly the big stage does not scare Deshaun Watson at all. And he's had plenty of experience both in college and, and now in the NFL of being in a place like New Orleans where you know it's going to be loud, you know it's going to be rabid. He didn't look the least bit intimidated by it. And yes, he did take some some big hits. I, I can't imagine what his body's going to feel like tomorrow after that. But yeah, definitely one of the best performances ever. And, and that play to Kenny Stills, if the Texans had gone on to win this game, if they'd held on to win, that that has to rank up there if not number one, certainly number one or number two of the best plays in Texans history because that was a beauty. So great to get Will Fuller back. The catch that he made is just unreal. Uh, he He's somebody that I, I want to see get targeted a little bit more, and, and he was open for two touchdowns because the catch that he made, the incredible catch in the first half, if Deshaun gets it further down the field, that was before he get he got banged up you know, later, but I mean, that play is a touchdown. It's, it's probably all the way, you know, a, a 90 something yard touchdown pass. And then 
you know, the interception, if he gets that one further downfield, that's a touchdown. It was great to have Will Fuller back. Uh, we didn't see a ton from Kenny Stills, but when we saw something big, we saw something that was huge. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Sometimes it's not about how many plays a game you make. It's when you make the plays. And, you know, the Texans are probably going to have a lot of trouble having scoring leaders as far as the wide receivers go because they're not going to be enough footballs to throw around between Fuller and Hopkins and Stills. And then when Kiki QT comes back and you put him in the mix, my goodness, I'd hate to be an opposing team trying to keep up with all those guys. Don't don't talk too too fast. Let, let's let Will Fuller get to the next week. And, and that's the key is he got through one week. Let's let Kiki QT and he's healthy. get yeah. back uh, as well. Uh, you know, you got to get these guys to, to stay out on the field, but it's nice. It's nice to see Will Fuller out there and, you know, oh, by the way, DeAndre Hopkins, eight catches, 111 yards, two touchdowns, yada, 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 uh, drop three passes. Let's, let's trade him, get rid of him. He dropped three passes. He doesn't drop passes, but, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, just unreal, a privilege to get to watch him every single game. Steven, though, we got to get to this offensive line. Uh, you look at Laramie Tunsil, he was pretty darn good most of the game, but the biggest play of the game for him was that play before the last drive. You thought that was going to be the end of the whole ball game for the Texans, third and 11. Uh, you got two first round picks and a second round pick, you know, that you traded for him and, and he blows it. The guy goes right by him, sacks to Sean Texans got a punt right there. But you know, if you look at it overall, Steven, Lots of communication issues, just like Dolphins reporter Clay Ferrero brought up in our last podcast when we previewed this one. There's nothing more important for a line than continuity and communication, and you don't got it yet with the, this group. It, it, it isn't going to happen overnight, and frankly, we might not have seen the full starting O-line because Titus Howard is probably the starter at left guard when he gets healthy. Well, that's right. And I think, you know, when you combine the timing issue and how noisy and rabid it is in New Orleans, I, I mean, we it, it's hard to get down on Tunsil for that one play, it, especially when he's just came in a few days ago. It is going to take him some time. But I think he showed flashes of what the Texans are going to see from him in the future, uh, even starting next week and the weeks to come. Yeah, Kelamete, Nick Martin, they always seem to have these communication issues. So I think the easy out might be, well, it's the Superdome and it's loud and blah, blah. But I, I just I, I don't trust either one of those guys. Titus will, will be the left guard when he gets healthy. I think he's better than Kelamete from what we've seen of him so far, at least talent wise. We'll see if he handles the communication issues any better. And then Nick Martin, I just, I don't like him at all. Uh, I just saw a lot of stuff again that really frustrated me. It just wasn't miscommunication. It was just, you know, him getting bowled under and pushed back too easily. Uh, I just don't like him a lot. So I don't know, Steven, we'll, we'll see what they do, but uh, let's see what happens. They get a couple, let's, I want to see him get a couple of weeks under him. I want to see him play a home game. There's not going to be the crowd. Let, let, let's see what happens from that point on. Well, and it could be at some point, if Martin continues to disappoint, that uh, we, we might eventually see Fulton tried out at center. I don't know. It, it just seems like you, you you tape up one side of the offensive line and another, you, you have to fill a tear on another side. So it, it seems to be a never-ending process. But I do think the Texans 
are building on something. They at least got the left tackle they've been looking for. Once he gets to gelling with the rest of the line and Deshaun Watson, then you can start worrying about some of the other areas. One thing they got right, this offensive line, was the run game. Carlos Hyde, 10 carries, 83 yards, 8.3 yards a carry. He was very impressive. I wasn't expecting anything close to that from him. So good for Carlos Hyde. Duke Johnson, nine carries, 57 yards, 6.3 a carry. The the big run late in the game. Duke Johnson, not only impressive on the ground, four catches for 33 yards. That's what you were hoping for from Duke Johnson. He did that just in the first half. The other part about the, the four catches, 33 yards, you might say, well, that doesn't sound like that big a deal. Four catches, well, only twice all of last year did Lamar Miller have more than three catches in a game as the Texans' primary running back. He had two two games where he had five catches. So that is a big deal. Well, that look what this has done, Robert. The fact that the Texans have that capability with Duke Johnson and all the other weapons they have, what they did in the first half is something that I wish they could have done more in the second half is ball control. Lots of ball control, two long drives. They had that 94-yard drive after the interception for a touchdown. Then that 75-yard drive that ate up a lot of time for another. That's the kind of offense I want to see with the Texans is that they can play possession, they can score in the red zone, keep the other team's offense off the field. I think that's a lot of the reason that Drew Brees didn't carve up the Texans' defense in the first half because of two of those drives that the Texans' offense had. Yeah, Saints only had four possessions in the first half. That's because the Texans only had four possessions because they held the ball and they had those long, time-consuming drives. That 16-play drive was ridiculous. And let's go over to the defensive side because the good news on the defensive side was Whitney Merciless. He had a sack. He had an interception. Give an assist, though, on the interception because J.J. Watt and Zach Cunningham were both running after Drew Brees. Clowney, though, just like we talked about, Stephen, they missed Clowney in the running game. They got sliced and diced on that side of the defensive line. And the other big thing, my my main takeaway, I mean, Aaron Colvin stinks. Get him off the field. He's been such a disappointment, Stephen. I, I, I didn't expect it to be this bad. His numbers with, with the uh, Jags a couple of years ago were nothing like this. Well, that's true. And I think I even I, I tweeted this out a little while ago, Robert, about uh, Aaron Colvin that, well, he, he was supposed to have come in with a new attitude. Well, unfortunately, he had the same game performance, that being bad. I think uh, Smith beat him on that uh, one touchdown that the Saints got where they took the lead 24-21. And yeah, they're, they're paying him big money, but he's definitely not making the big plays either last year or at least through week one of this year. All right. I want you to lock away some of your takes on this one give me a few seconds and i'm going to come to you with them steven uh i got to talk though about our partners at mybookie.ag you know they're so incredible you know if you found a hundred dollars on the street you'd pick it up or would you keep walking what, what would you do would you pick it up keep walking of course you got to take the money so why do you keep uh picking winners and not betting on them and if you bet on the texans they covered baby uh, you got to go to my bookie. It's fast. It's easy. They pay when you win. Let's face it. When you're betting, uh, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season or throw some money on the Texans per se, or 
maybe you're going to throw money on the under on the Dolphins over. I think they were like at four wins. I'm not sure if they're still there, but are they going to win a game this year? You might want to throw some money out at my bookie because uh, it's the way to go. Did you know that you could bet on games after kickoff too? If by the second half it looks like you're going to lose, you just take the other side. And if you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season, it's the best time of year to do it. Join now. My bookie will double your first deposit. Use our promo code, Houston, to activate the offer. That's promo code Houston. You know how to spell that. Come on, guys. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Stephen, speaking of betting, uh, give me some odds. <laughs> How do you like the Texans from here on out? What, was there anything else that we missed in this one that you wanted to talk about? Well, I was so hoping that my little historical fact would, would pay off. You know, the Texans, after they led at halftime, were 32-2 and two coming into this game, and they almost pulled it out, but not quite. Uh, the other thing I would say, that I, the surprise player for me, we mentioned him earlier, but Carlos Hyde, I really wasn't expecting so much out of Carlos Hyde in this game. My my eyebrows raised a little bit when the Texans came out on their first offensive series and Carlos Hyde was in there, not Duke Johnson. Of course, Johnson did come in not too long after. But Carlos Hyde really showed us something tonight. And we, we knew that Duke Johnson was capable of making defenders miss, but Carlos Hyde had a few runs where defenders were missing too. So it was really good to see that running game come into focus tonight. Dr. Duke carving up the defense and Mr. Hyde. It's going to be my new favorite running <laughs> Dr. back. Dr. Duke and Mr. Hyde. I like that. Yeah. That's going to be my new favorite uh, Texans. I think that's, it's got to be one of the most, uh, I, I think it's one of the most complimentary running tandems that the Texans have had in their history, Stephen. I really like the way these guys work together. You know, Carlos just straight up the middle, just, he was going straight up the gut, you know, taking chunk plays and, Duke Johnson was more working edges in the passing game and that kind of thing. So they work together well. Now, I know it's a small sample size. It's only one game, but at least it's something to go on. And as far as the Texans' odds, you know, it, I mean, here's the thing. They, they have Jacksonville next week. Nick Foles is out. You've got a rookie quarterback coming in. I mean, he'll be starting his first game. So, you know, usually when you come off the bench and, and in garbage time, you can do pretty well. It's when you do your first start. The, the Texans have got to bounce back from this devastating loss. And when I say devastating, I guess heartbreaking is a better word. But this is a game they've got to win against Jacksonville. They've got a rookie quarterback. They, they definitely have a chance to make some waves in the AFC South with Foles going to be out for quite a while. And with Andrew Luck retiring, the Colts lot, the, the Titans were the only team in the AFC South that won. So, Still plenty of time left for the Texans to rebound from this one. Yeah, both teams, the Jags and the Texans, need to clean things up. I mean, Texans, eight penalties in this game. The Jags, I think, had even more than that in, in their game. They were, you know, doing real stupid stuff. I don't know what the hell Miles Jack was doing. Like, that guy went off of his rocker in that game, got kicked out, was throwing a tantrum when he went off the field. Uh, Gardner Minshew, though, their, their backup quarterback, who's now the start of the rest of the year, he looks really darn good. I was super impressed with him. Uh, they, they trade a fifth for Josh Dobbs with Pittsburgh, so they got a new backup as of Monday when we're recording this. So uh, the Jags, um, they're going to be frisky. I, I don't think you can judge them solely on the Chiefs game because that offense is going to carve anybody up. Uh, Mahomes just 
ridiculous. A couple of things that we, we didn't get to, Stephen, I'll just throw throw out there from this game before we kind of close the story on this one. But special teams, oh, my God. They, they were not good in punt coverage. They didn't get downfield quick enough. There was a costly penalty in the fourth quarter that cost them 20 yards and a re-punt. Trevor Daniel won the starting punt job over Brian Anger. That was one of your upsets that you called in training camp. We might have to revisit that that because – Daniel stunk in this game, and and he he's no Shane Leckler. He's no Shane Leckler. Well, yeah. What what in the world has happened to these Sealy special teams that we saw last year? Yeah, they were disappointing all the way around. And you know, it's interesting that you talk about Daniel. Is that earlier in the week, the the Texans were actually working out a couple of different punters. I, I don't know if they were like looking down the line just to, in case something happens with Daniel. But I thought that. That was kind of interesting, and obviously it was before the game was played. So, yeah, I was very disappointed with the special teams. We thought they would be actually one of the brighter areas coming off of last year, but they certainly didn't show that tonight. Steven, I'm going to give most of this game to Deshaun and his just single-handed physical ability, but I thought I thought OB called a pretty decent game, but two things. There was a, a play with Kenny Stills where I think the first time it worked where they do the little quick pitch or little quick forward pass to Kenny Stills when uh, Deshaun's grabbing it out of the shotgun and it worked the first time. For some reason, they ran the exact same play again, which lost about five yards. And I, I didn't right. understand why you run it again because the Saints had already seen it. So uh, I, I didn't get that one. The other thing is just it's such a Bill O'Brien move. He blows two timeouts on one challenge, Stephen. It was the fourth and one play. Uh, You know, it's just I I don't get it. What are you doing, B? He should have challenged it before he called the timeout. It was almost like he he went ahead and called timeout. And then on second thought, he go, oh, wait, maybe I should challenge that spot. And not only did they lose the challenge and that timeout, they, they lost two timeouts. They only had one in the first half. Fortunately, they weren't going to need it. But, oh, my goodness. Again, it's just what what if that had been the second half and that happened and the Texans might have needed that timeout toward the end of the game. So it, it seems like one game, every game, there's at least one snafu that Bill O'Brien does every week. And tonight or Monday night, we can we can certainly pin it on him on this one. Yeah, Deshaun saved his bacon on that one because in the fourth and one, he comes up with the great run and the the dive into the end zone. Uh, you know, you you look at the drives. Uh, their first drive ends with DeAndre Hopkins, the dropped pass. Then there was the sack on third and 15. Kind of a miscommunication. But if Hop doesn't drop the pass, it's like a manageable third and four. And I think they probably get that one. So they have to punt there. There was a miscommunication on a sack um, on the second drive. So it was first down and punt. Then the third drive was that 94 yard touchdown drive. The fourth drive, they, they drive down the field, 16 plays, 75 yard drive. The fifth drive, nine plays, 75 yard drive, 16 yard touchdown, uh, Deshaun to Deandre. Then there was that, the interception that we mentioned earlier, they punt at midfield. The O line was kind of a mess. In that particular uh, sequence, then the Tunsil getting beat on third and 11 late in the game, and then the punt, and then the Deshaun to Stills TD. So there's a lot of – most of it was just offensive line issues that slowed him down, you know, in the, in the drives that didn't work, and then the rest of it was Deshaun doing what he do, as they say. I mean, it, it just you, – you can't say enough about Deshaun. I mean, I, 
I, I, I don't care that they lost this game. It was a fun game to, to watch. Uh, they showed me some heart. They showed me they've got some skilled guys. You got Kenny Stills. You got Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. I'm excited about all three of those guys. I'm excited about the potential that looks like Lermy Tunsil has. I, I, I need him to clean it, clean it up late in the game when it counts, though. But the other part is, you know, to figure out how to keep Deshaun on his feet, Stephen. I mean, we're going to be talking about this all season. This offensive line has got to communicate better. And to me, that's been a Mike Devlin problem the entire time. It's not necessarily the physical. I don't see guys all the time getting just absolutely crushed because they just have no ability as an offensive lineman. I see far too many times where just the communication stuff is is not there. And and I I, I got to stick that on the on the O line coach and the, the O line coach to me, I mean I've seen bad offensive lines made good by great offensive line coaches and we saw it Stephen remember early in the Texans history when Alex Gibbs came in after David Carr was getting his butt killed yep. he came in and cleaned it all up and and it didn't seem like it was just well now they've got all of these incredible athletes no they just they just had better coaching. Well, you can have all the incredible athletes in the world and sometimes not have great coaching. So great coaching is important. It absolutely is important. All the, the chemistry in the world isn't going to help you if you don't learn the basics and the fundamentals and do your job at your position. And I tweeted this out earlier in the game on Monday night too, Robert, is that if, if Deshaun Watson was sacked six times in the game, he's going to average... 96 sacks this year. If, if you if he gets six sacks six times a game for 16 games, that's 96. I don't think that's going to happen, God forbid. But it definitely bears watching that once again, Deshaun was on his back way too much in this game. No question about it. I mean, it's it's going to be the 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 conversation all season is going to be about that, and we're going to see how Romeo handles some better quarterbacks this year. It wasn't good with Drew Brees in this game, but by the same token, it could have been worse. Uh, they, like you said earlier, they they bent, but they didn't break. If you look at the big picture, you know I don't know. The Jags got Gardner Minshew the rest of the season. We'll see how that goes. The Titans uh, surprised everybody by crushing the Browns. The Chargers, you know, got into a close one with uh, the Colts. Uh, so. You you look at it, and I think the Colts are going to be there all year. I, the Titans, you know, the Browns are, were supposed to be a good team, and the Titans looked like they kind of manhandled them for most of that game, although the Browns self-destructed a lot. Speaking of penalties, I think they had 10 more than the Texans, if you can believe it. Um, but, you know, this this division race, uh, I, I think it's going to be close all year. I It looks like it's going to come down to – possibly three teams. I mean, it could be the Titans and the Jags and the Texans all, all in it, but we'll see. I, I'm still not, I'm still not sure that the Jags can uh, stay this good with Gardner Minshew the whole year. I mean, this is a rookie, uh, but, but man, he looked like he had just, he looked like he had all the poise, all the composure for, for a young guy against the chiefs on the road in his first game. It's ridiculous. Well, it certainly should be an interesting race. And, you know, the, with the Titans' big win on Sunday, there, there's been a lot of talk in uh, Tennessee that uh, a lot of people are down on Marcus Mariota. So we have to keep an eye on that as the season goes along as 
to A, whether Mariota stays healthy, and B, is he going to play up to the potential that he's had for so many years? And you mentioned the Jaguars and the Colts. So, yeah, it should be an interesting race. And the Texans, you know, we, we have to remember that even at the, the, the new skill players that the Texans have had, they're, they're still trying to figure things out. And most of them played well on Monday night. So hopefully they can only go up from here and get even better. And as I said earlier, yeah, there, there are a number of disappointments and a lot of things the Texans need to work on. But they proved that they could at least play in New Orleans with the Saints to the very end, and they almost pulled it out. So hopefully they can take that and ride the rest of the season and, and not just fall apart and have another disappointing season. Outside of the Texans, I got to ask you about this one before we close it out. What, what do you think of Antonio Brown? What do you think about that whole deal? Well, you're going to have a hard time convincing me that the Patriots didn't know beforehand that Antonio Brown was going to be released. I mean, come on now. It, it It's like Antonio Brown was released. You blink your eye. Oh, wait, he just signed with the Patriots. Surely you're not going to tell me that the Patriots weren't involved with some kind of talks with his agent Drew Rosenhaus or something because it just happened way too fast. Wait, wait, wait. And you're saying the Patriots would tamper? The, I mean, I thought I thought it was the Texans that were the tamperers. I didn't know it was the yeah. Patriots. Well, isn't it funny how, you know, when you're doing it, it's okay. But when somebody else tries to get in the inside, oh, no, you can't do that. That's the Patriots way, baby. That's what they do. It's typical cheating. I mean, if Antonio Brown did this, I mean, the NFL, they got to figure out a way to stop something like this. Because if he just decided to you know there's this rumor that he's just decided to do all this stuff so he could get released and and then go over to the Patriots remember the Patriots were real interested uh in Antonio Brown in trade discussions they they weren't willing to give up as much as the Raiders you know I I don't necessarily ever feel sorry for the Raiders but in this particular circumstance it absolutely seems like Antonio Brown you know had figured this whole thing out and if he figured this whole thing out, I'm guessing he had preordained this thing with his agent, uh, Stephen. And if he did, I just I, that's that's that whole thing is cheating, and and it's just it's not it's not within I think the parameters of what this should be all about. And here we are again, the the Patriots might be cheating and and might have just pretty much uh, locked in another Super Bowl appearance. Well, I'll tell you right now, I don't have any sympathy for the Raiders because they knew exactly what they were getting in Antonio Brown from the whole Steelers debacle. And, and, I, and look, if you were Antonio Brown, would you want to play for the Raiders? I, I certainly, with the culture that John Gruden has in there, I, it just it doesn't surprise it really doesn't surprise me that all this happened. When you have Antonio Brown and you have the Raiders, you put the two together, and it's just one big debacle. But yeah, absolutely. The NFL's got to do something about this because it's it's just this is ridiculous. It, it, the whole I I'll tell you one thing. I want to hire Antonio Brown's social media consultants. Maybe I can get some more hits on social media by recording my phone conversations. I tell you what, <laughs> if this had happened a year later, you know the the Raiders uh, would be in Nevada and. You know, we wouldn't have known about any of this stuff because, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Stays in Vegas. Yeah. Well, not when the Raiders get there. 
I guarantee you that won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there's no doubt about that. Well, just uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk Astros in the next uh, couple of days, so uh, stay tuned for that. We could probably use Jordan over with the Texans as a run stopper and possibly a replacement for Jadavia and Clowney because that guy can pretty much do anything. We're going to talk about the Jordan experience in a couple of days, like I said. But thanks again to our brand-new sponsor, MyBookie. If you forget the promo code or the website, it's all in the show description. Houston, it's really easy to remember that uh, uh, promo code. And if you enjoy some of our nearly 1,000 if you have enjoyed some of our nearly 1,000 podcasts over the six years, we've put out the weekly podcast, believe it or not, it, it, this is our six-year anniversary this month, then uh, please support us. Go to our website, HoustonSportsTalk.net. Make a small donation. There's a donate button on the top right of the homepage or towards the bottom of the page if you're on your smartphone. It's super easy. Hey, just a dollar or two, we'd greatly appreciate and. You know, we've, we've thrown a lot into this over the last few years, and trust me, uh, we're we're sinking money into it, and, and it's not coming back at us. So uh, we'd appreciate it if you enjoy the product. We do it for fun, but it, it also costs us a little bit. So uh, thanks so much for doing that, and until next time, we'll talk to you again soon. Have a great week. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.